I want to call them the don't imitate passages. So these verses were kind of used in a way where it's like, Paul is, the reason Paul lists these things, he's saying, don't be like them anymore because you're called to something different. But Christians, we read them and say, I'm doing these things, I'm going to hell. Or I'm doing these things, and if you have a doctrine of rewards theology, it's called an outer darkness theology, you know, you won't be able to go to the kingdom of God, you know, but you'll be in outer darkness, but you'll be saved. So there's some wacky stuff out there. So... 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to read the, the part that's typically read out of context, and then I want to like kind of put it back into context and talk about um, 1 Corinthians 6, Ephesians 5, 4, and then Galatians 5, 16 through 24. Because those have like, I think they're called household codes of like, this is how you're supposed to behave, or like, and if you do these things, you're going to go to hell, or something like that. But this is how they're used. Um, and I'll read it, and you'll, and you'll see why. <laughs> so this is how it's read. It's just, right, okay. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. That last verse 11 actually is really also key. I just noticed that. But you pick up on the point. It says, do not be deceived. Neither the, 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 the sexual immoral, the adulterers, this, 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 that will inherit the kingdom of God. See, Robert, you are a sexual immoral person. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So that's how it was used for me. And the other passage will show you do kind of the same thing. Okay, let's put it back into context. Two things I want to say. First, this is in chapter 6. When one of you has a grievance, he's talking to the church, okay? When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous? Okay, see, so this is when it's saying one of you and he's contrasting them to the unrighteous, okay? Instead of the saints. So there's a, court, there's a difference, unrighteous versus saints, okay? He's writing to the saints. The unrighteous are not those who are in the in the body of Christ who haven't believed. Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? So there's, there's, okay, people have, there's a lawsuit in the church and they're going to the secular court to deal with it instead of just working it out among themselves. This actually happens quite often. Do you not know that you are to judge angels? How much more than in matters between life? So you have such cases. I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one wise among you to settle a dispute between the brothers? Okay. But brothers go to law against brothers. Okay. So these are brothers sinning. Okay. And that before unbelievers. Who are the unbelievers? You dare, and this is back to verse one. When you when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Okay. Who are the unrighteous? But a brother, but, but, but a brother goes to law against brother and that before, unbe before unbelievers. So that's verse six and verse one. So the unrighteous are unbelievers. So keep reading. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for, for you. For why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brother. So we see the saints and unrighteous. The unrighteous are those who don't believe. And then we say verse nine. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be, be deceived, neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers. This is ESV, by the way. Nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, and you were sanctified, and you were justified. Your debt was wiped clean in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Okay, so... He's saying you can still behave like them, but you are set apart, walk worthy of the calling to which you're called. So this this is the distinction that Lordship Salvation, uh, they won't they won't make this. And so this was quoted ad nauseum at Pure Life Ministries. See, it says you won't inherit the kingdom of God. I'm like that. You're missing the point, though. Brother 
Okay, when one of you has a grievance against another, he's talking to the church, does he go before the unrighteous instead of the saints? You, go go deal with this with people who are sanctified uh, or set apart, believing, justified before God, have the Holy Spirit in them, able to judge angels, right? And matter, you know, and even more so than matters pertaining to life. So why in these trivial cases? So do you see what he's saying? He's saying, don't you know, so who are the unrighteous? They're the unbelievers. And, and then he gives a list, the unrighteous. They're not inheriting the kingdom of God. You are, you're inheriting it. And then he says, neither all these. And so we read into this and like, okay, and so what it becomes is, are you going to imitate them? Are you going to continue to live like them? Or are you going to walk worthy of the calling of which you're called? Do you see what I'm saying? So lordship salvation is bringing, is, is confusing justification and sanctification. And these, these, these lists have to be understood in that context. Or else you end up, I mean, it practically becomes like a work salvation. I'm going to get, people are going to yell at me. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying. But I'd say that's how that's being misused. So we're going to move on now to, I hope I'm not yelling into this microphone either. Ephesians 5, 4, I believe. Okay, so, but sexual morality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper in, uh, among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place, but instead there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who covets, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I actually just noticed something else. Okay. So again, this is one of those other things where it's used to see, don't be deceived. Nobody, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm listening. Okay, I guess, you know, I, I'm sexually immoral, right? I've done sexual morality and all impurity. You know, I've been covetous. Must not even be named among you as is proper with saints. So don't you see that? that and then later on you skip on, or right before that, I'm sorry. You have, therefore, walk, walk in a manner worthy of the kind of which you've been called. So I'm, I'm just trying to put it in the bigger picture. What we're doing is we're reading this out of context, saying you're sexually immoral, you're going to hell. No, you've been washed. You've been set apart. Don't be like them. And so what we have is, um, therefore, see, it says... Therefore, do not become partners with them. Who's them? Okay, the sexually immoral and all these who aren't believers. Again, this is that unrighteous righteous. We are righteous. L literally, that's what, that's the whole point of Christianity is God is like, I will make you righteous. Okay, I will, okay, we call it, you know, different people say positional righteousness before God. I have that now. And literally, but like, but he's like, I'm going to like, when you, you know, when I stand before God, like that, I will literally be like, like practically too. And, and that, this is where the whole discussion like breaks down into practical positional but the point is it's like walk worthy of the man i've been called you're righteous robert don't look at porn anymore don't behave like that they're they're not inheriting the kingdom of god you are you are you know and, and the reality is the kingdom of god is for everyone who believes anyone like literally god does this for everyone He's like, everyone and that's why it says in i read it before pleading with the world please be reconciled to god please be an inheritor be a son of god be a don't be estranged anymore come back to god you know hear his creation but become his son become his daughter that's that's what the, that's the gospel message right there that's it yeah and it says you know therefore do not become partners with them for at one time you were darkness but now you are in the you are light in the lord walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found and all that is good, right, and true. So all of these, like, therefores, and I urge you, brothers, to walk worthy, present your bodies a living. All the commands of Scripture, they get muddied into, like, if you're not doing this, you're not saved. And that's why I said if there is reserve if there is reserve in your obedience, you can be sure you're on your way to hell. This was one of the quotes from a Lordship Salvation proponent um, in that video. I'm going to put a link in. But it's like, that's, that's different. 
I thought I thought it wasn't by works. Well, you're not. It's not by works if you had true faith. See, and then it just becomes how are we articulating good works? You know, uh, and, and who cares? I just want to stop looking at porn. You know, it's like can we can we calm down? Like it just it bothers me. It gets so nuanced and crazy. You know, and then you got all these pastors yelling and screaming, and I'm like angry Christians, loving Christians, like uh and I I. You know, this is this is reality. I mean, I wish it was simpler. Here we are, you know, and I'm I'm doing my best that I can. I pray God help me. It's me and you, Jesus. It's not me anymore. I'm doing everything with you, Jesus. Help me. It's your Holy Spirit strengthen me. I believe that. And I'm I'm overcoming sin, so I know that something's real is happening because like, you know, when I went to pure life, it was like Oh, I get it now. I have a freaking choice. I struggle with determinism a lot, heavy Calvinism. So that's why I'm not a huge fan of five-point Calvinism. Just because I was told, I was told, you'll never be free, Robert, until God takes this thorn out of your flesh. You know, you know, like Paul referring to, he meant well. You know, I, but that's what he believed. And I was like, oh, I guess I can't do anything until I'm free. And then they're busy telling me, you suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. You, you know, you didn't want to believe the truth theology. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, guys, everyone's telling me different things, you know. And I'm coming to my own conclusions. I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit because I'm praying Jesus. I don't know what's going on. Help me. And he's showing me, no, Robert, there's a choice. It's a relationship. It's a love relationship with your creator. Beautiful. Wow. What other religion teaches that? Oh, by the way, people say, you know, you'll, you might have heard Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. I mean, they're right. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, religion, how do you define a religion? You know, but it's like, it is a relationship with your creator, and it's beautiful. And so it's a choice for me to walk that out. Um, and so again, I see this as, okay, again, they're, they're not seeing a distinction. The sexual, immoral, the impurity, and covetousness must not even be named among you, implying it can be, but it shouldn't be. See? Must. Must is an implying word. Must. So, again, it's, it's, again, one of these things where it's just kind of like, ah, you know, you're doing this, you're going to hell. And I'm like, okay, you know, you didn't repent correctly. So and I'm like, ah, my head. So <laughs> we're going to do one more. Galatians 5, uh, 16 through 24. Ooh, ooh, this one's good. Yeah, so for freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That is um, uh, Galatians 5, 1. For freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then, you, this makes me think of Paul. Don't you, you know, should we continue to, continue to sin that grace may abound? No, certainly not. Don't you know that whom you offer your bodies as slaves, which are slaves to that, and to sin, to death, or to uh, Christ, which is like righteousness? I forgot that exactly. That's in Romans 6 through 8, somewhere in there. I think it's 7, chapter 7. So again, so we have, but I say walk by the Spirit. So this is Galatians 5, chapter 16. So this is a little bit later on. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing what you want to do. Like, I felt that. When I started to exercise self-discipline in my life, I was able to live. I was like, God, I want to do good things. I want to help people. Like, I want to, you know, this is me. This is God's life. You know, say Christ living through me. It doesn't destroy who I am, but it's together. Do you see that? You know, people have this self-destruction. That's something I want to self-destruction theology where God wants to, that's a big thing they have there, will will crossers, will breaking, your self-life. We'll get into that a little bit later. This is definitely going to be multiple parts. You know, it's a relationship. I'm like, I surrender out of love. Just like Jesus in Gethsemane, I surrender out of love. God, you are so good. You can take my life. You know, I lay my will down. See, it's not, I lay my will down because you're going to hit me with a brick, God, because I don't obey, no. Or I obey because you're going to send me to hell. No, it's love. And that's what Jesus did. That's, and Jesus is showing us how to live with him. And he's like, you know, I'm God. Let me show you how, how you should do it. And he's a second member of the Trinity, to be more specific, okay. 
you know, God's the first member, the Holy Spirit's the third, right? But the, tr the Trinity is expressing this, right? You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the fathers, what Jesus says. So again, we're seeing the full, it says, the fullness of deity dwells bodily in him, or, you know, the fullness of God pleased to dwell. I mean, there's, there's when you look at Jesus, you're seeing the full, fullest expression of God. That's the point. Okay, I, I cut it off. Okay, so in the desires of the spirit, okay, Romans talks about this again. So the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. Okay, we talk about Romans 7 is all about this. Please just read Romans 7 and 8, 6, 7, and 8 really were the beginning of my change life. So if you're a Christian, you're struggling with porn addiction, I just keep reading 6, 7, and 8 and just pray, God help me. Because I didn't get it the first time, and then I was like, oh shoot, it's making sense. There's power in the word of God. I mean, I, it took me a while to figure that out, but the sooner you figure it out, I mean, 